Waffling Taylor's Light, the pocket-sized podcast that packs a gaming punch. In this condensed concoction of gaming chatter you never knew you needed, we talk to Jay about the Borderlands series. Take it away, guys. Hello there. Uh, name's Squidge, as you might already know. Um, episode of Waffling Taylor's Light. I am here with a good friend of mine. Unfortunately, he's related, but let's not talk about that. Um, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the smooth-headed jazz player, as far as I know. It's Jay. Make some noise, my friend. How are you, my friend? You all right? <laughs> I'm very well, very well. Looking forward to this uh, new format you've come up with for these uh, slightly tighter episodes. Mm. Let's, let's do this. So, let's see if we can stick to the time frame. Okay, so so as we are cracking on with these episodes, we ain't got no time. Ain't no rest for the wicked. All right, and we ain't got no time for no heroes, but we might just have the time for a couple of vault hunters. You know. Either way, um, in case you haven't guessed from the uh, slightly less cryptic hints than slap to the face, we are talking about Borderlands with Jay. Oh, yes. Right. So we're going to find out whether it's worth the hype um, from Jay's point of view. So screaming straight in to the first episode... (laughs) Um, considering you're not, you're not one for first-person shooters, I'm just wondering what drew you to the Borderlands series um, and what made you want to dive into the, the world of mayhem loot and uh, random carnage and all that, all that good stuff. You know, I'm, you're absolutely right. I'm not one for first-person shooters. Like, before Borderlands, I mean, like, when I had my Xbox, I maybe played one of the the medal of honors that was set in the second world war because guess what medal of honor and call of duty used to be set during the second world war um Mm. yeah it would have been one of the call of duties one of those uh, it was the one i'll tell you which one it was it was the one where on the box art it's set during the second world war but the guys were in the digital watch that's that's the one that that i remember playing last console-based first person shooter Um, okay yeah, before then, like I didn't really play FPS games because they 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 seem to require like faster twitch uh, reflexes than I'm able to generate, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not having fun. I'm gonna go play something else because that's mm. for me. And now everybody does things differently, but for me, right? If I'm not having fun, I'm gonna go do something else, right? Especially if it's a for me, video games is a leisure time activity. It's a play activity. Mm. It's something where I can just relax. So I just sort of walked away from FPSs for years, years it was. Um, and then I think at some point in 2009, after Borderlands had come out, you must have told me, Squidge, you should check out Borderlands. It's a load of fun. And I was like, but it's a first-person shooter. I don't, I don't want to play a first-person shooter. And I, I must have seen you play it or something yeah, like that. I don't on the 360 at the time, yeah. That'll be it. I must have seen you play it and gone, actually, this doesn't look quite bad. This doesn't look too bad. You know, that time I was still running Windows on my main computer. Um, my own personal choice, I run a Linux distribution, just because that's who I am. Mm. Um, but at the time, I, I was still running Windows, and I was like, you know what, I'll give this a shot. And I gave it a shot, and I quite liked it. Um, and yeah, it's a complete departure for me, because like one of the things that I want... Here's a little 
behind the scenes discussion about the show mm-hmm. is I was actually saying to you, Squidge, we need to do an episode about when did first person shooters become RPGs? Because this is, it isn't the first one. That's for sure. <laughs> no. Right. It's not the first person shooter. That's an RPG. Cause we can go all the way back to like catacombs 3d or whatever it was that id software released back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got that wrong, but we'll correct it in the show notes of the, the tallies correct. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, but like first person shooters with RPG elements, such as leveling systems and, you know, rare types of loot Loot! and things like that. They're basically Diablo, right? At what point did a first person shooter become that? And like, even like call of duty does it right. So they're all doing it. So Mm. I'd love to find out that I'd love for us to have a good discussion about that in another episode. So that's a little bit of a teaser for something coming up, but, um, yeah, I, I saw you play it. I must have seen you play it. And I must have seen our friend G hashtag don't call me Audrey play it or seen the pair of you playing it. Because I remember you you guys got well into it. <laughs> and I picked it up. Picked it up for my for PC. You know, I paid £30 or whatever. So it must have been relatively soon after release. And uh, and I played through it and I was like, mm, yeah, no, I get it. I, yeah, it's fun. Run around, shooty, bang, bang, level up. Yep, cool. Oh, right, here's some really stupid story and it hits you with the silliness as soon as the game starts right because mm. like as soon as the game starts you see the borderlands logo and then something flies into it and, and explodes right and you know from day one you know from moment one it's going to be silly and stupid um and then like i was playing through it and i was like oh cool it has almost like roguelike elements to it because it's not that you die in its permadeath but like every time you play it you get different equipment and stuff like that that's pretty cool um and and i think it, it must have been with the first one now i didn't i didn't play it when it first came out that's for sure i saw you play it but yeah i i got well into it and i do remember like one of my favorite memories of the first one is running into tj baja because tj is awesome um for those of you who haven't TK. played the first tk sorry tk yeah mm. uh for those of you who haven't played it he summarily gets killed very early on in the game but he's awesome all right and then um I got like the 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 first set of DLC, which was like Doctor Ned's uh, Island of Zombies or something like that, or Doctor Zed's Island or some some mm-hmm. stupid title like that. And and he's back, and he's one of the NPCs in that, and he just sits there and says, "Brains, jelly brains, deep fried brains, brains, brains on brains a stick, a mold. brains out yeah, yeah. all that stuff." Yeah, he says all of those things, and it's just it's the silliness, right? And I really, really liked it. I've got, I'll, I'll put my hand up and I will say I didn't get the original ending because when I was playing through it, I wasn't really listening to the story elements. I was like, I'm, I'm enjoying running around. I'm enjoying shooting. I'm enjoying the cell shaded can run on a potato game. Um, and, uh, I've never actually gone back and replayed it to get the story of the first one. Um, and I totally didn't like when it ended and it was like interplanetary super ninja claptrap and then it plays the, the credits and then it just loads you back where you were. I was like, mm, that was a lot of people's know. reactions to the ending. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, but the thing was, I didn't get at the time and I will happily admit it now. I didn't get the comedy they were going after because that's mm. what it was. It was comedy that they were going after. Right. Because like that seems like compared to the other stuff that they've done in late in games that came after it, that seems like tame and very silly compared to some of the stuff. Like uh, you know, uh, just la- just this last year, over the past few months, we saw the uh, one hit, uh, the, sorry, the one shot, uh, bun- uh, was it Bunkers and Badasses um, DLC for Borderlands Two released as a separate game, so people could prepare for. Actually, Wonderland. it's been 
it's been out for ages. It's just recently, um, for about a week, it was released for free. Uh, so it's been uh, out a fair while. That so there you go, right? So we've just had that, and that became free for a whole bunch of people. So people were able to experience that for the first time. And they're kind of getting that silliness. It's almost like, mm. I'll tell you what it is. It's the writers know that the stuff that they put into the game are going to become memes. So they're like, let's just make it as meme-tastic as possible. Mm. And... I really, really like it. Like, uh, you know, G hashtag don't call me Shirley, um, uh, don't call me Audrey, sorry. His, uh, his text message alert tone for the longest time was, but Stallion says hello, you know? And that uh, was it mine. just, oh, was it yours? All right. I thought it was, I thought it was G's. I do apologize. But, you know, stuff like that, it's just, it's genius. The amount of stupidity they were able to put into this game. And it proves that games can be fun, right? Because I genuinely think that the Borderlands games, all right, there's a part you get like 10, 15 hours into it. And then like the serious, difficult, actually running around and like you have to do inventory management and find the right weapons for the right enemies. Mm. And like the RPG elements really come into it 15 hours in. But for the first 13, 14 hours of you just running around and gunning down people and doing side quests and stuff like that, there's loads of silly stupidity. Then there's like the hardcore RPG element of, right, here's the main, you know, the main set of fetch quests. Because all RPGs are just, all Western RPGs are just fetch quests. You get all of those, and then you get past that, and you're rewarded with more silliness. And I absolutely flimmin' flamming love that. 100%. So, cool. yeah, uh, that's that's what made me want to dive into it. It's not really the loot. It's not the loot to shoot a bit. It's the absolute silliness. <laughs> mm. Okay, cool. Okay, so Borderlands, one of its selling points was it has a babillion bajillion different gun combinations, which kicked in more in the second one onwards than the first. It was kind of hard. It took a while for it to kick in in the first one. So a lot of people who's played the Borderlands series have got like memorable guns, certain ones. For me, it's the Bane, the the um, the cursed SMG that when you equipped it, you moved at a a snail's pace. And whenever you fired it, you heard one of the um, bandits, one of the uh, smaller bandits just yell. That always made me laugh. And it was trying to do stuff with that gun was not impossible. So my question, if you had to design a crazy weapon to be found in Borderlands, what would it do and what would you call it? So I've thought about this a whole bunch. Um, you know, you sent me over these questions 24 hours ago and the whole time I've been sitting here thinking, what would I create? What would I create? Well, guess what? It's already been created in one of the Borderlands games and that is the sweary shotgun. It is just so stupid. It's a gun that has like an AI and a voice in it. Um, and it is able to, like every time you fire it, it, it like it yells out things like, yeah, get it. And when you reload, it does like, yeah, put it in me and things like that it's so hilarious it breaks up that that combat phase with something just so ultimately stupid that you know you're in the middle of this gunfight and you have to reload and then suddenly you get this australian sounding voice saying uh, you know uh, put another one in like, me yeah. yeah put another one in me or stuff like that and when you switch weapons it says yeah and then it starts like swearing at you f you you f and f f f and f see you later dolls yeah, all that stuff yeah, the Boganella. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So I cannot, I can't um, improve on perfection. That gun is the, you know, like um, on Metal Gear Awesome, where it's like, this gun is the best gun ever. That is what the 
that's the Boganilla, right? That is the best gun ever. It's that simple. So I can't, I can't improve on that. Okay, okay, all right. Let's uh, keep this gravy train rolling. All this uh, money train that you're all putting Borderlands Two rolling. If you could have any skill or ability from the Borderlands series in real life, what would you go for, and how would you use it? So in order to answer that question, I've got to talk about my favorite character from Borderlands 2. I believe she's also in the pre-sequel as well, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Liz. It depends who. I'm, I'm talking about Gage. Gage isn't in the pre-sequel. There's uh, an Easter egg where you find a hair symbol on top of a small safe, and it gives you um, a border around, your, around where you see, and it's like skull and crossbones and all the rest of it. She's in... Okay. The DLC for Borderlands 3, she gave up being a vault hunter to become a wedding planner. Oh, looks like Brick and Mordecai went half-seas on this one. Mordecai's letter says... Hey guys, sorry I couldn't make it, but I hope you have like a really special day. Also, Talon says, Scraw! And Bricks just says, Hell yeah! In big giant letters. Right. But yeah, okay. Gage is in 2 and 3. Fair enough then. So yeah, uh, Borderlands 2 Gage is amazing. So we have to talk about her before we can talk about the skill I would use. Mm-hmm. Gage is one of the Vault Hunters with like, she's she's replaced her own left arm because she's brilliant at mechanics and electronics and robotics and all that kind of stuff. And one of her abilities, her like, uh, you know, each character gets this ability. You can hit G or F or whatever it is during battle. I'm talking about the PC version here. And it like summons an extra ability. So like Roland has that he's like a heavy machine gunner. So he, yeah, he, he summons a turret, which has, has a shield on it and it takes out enemies automatically for you an auto turret. Um, you know, brick goes, goes with his fists and goes into rage mode and starts punching stuff. Um, gauge summons her, um, her robot and, uh, her robot is brilliant. It's a butt kicking robot. Um, and it just, it just flies around the, and it flies around the place. So it can go up and down levels for you. So it can kill the enemies you can't reach. Um, and it just, it can, it has this swipe attack and this laser attack. Um, it is bloody brilliant. So if I could summon that in real life and just go, get them, you know, and then be able to say, uh, I should build you an extra arm for high fives, things like that. That is what I want. It's just a robot that I can just summon that can help me with, and it wouldn't even be for fighting people. It'd be like day-to-day tasks. Like I'm standing at the kettle making my cup of coffee and I've forgotten to get the milk. Pass me the milk, please. Brilliant. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, it seems a bit overkill just to pass milk, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> So, quick fire round. First question. Borderlands has got a lot of unique creatures. If you could have any one of them as a pet, what would it be and what would you name it? Okay, so either a wyvern named Chauncey or the mushroom companion from Wonderlands called Spongy. Spongy, okay. That sounds good. Okay, second question. What's the most time you've played in a Borderlands game? So, uh, we looked this up earlier on and it's the first game, 48.4 hours. Nice. Okay, and uh, favourite Easter egg or inside joke from the series? TK Baha, right? It's either TK Baha or Tiny Tina's Questions 3 quest from the one shot, because that's full of pop culture references to things like Star Trek and Doctor Who and all sorts of silliness. I like that. Okay, right now, back to normal questions. If you can call them normal. 
if you were a character in any of the Borderlands games, or let's say the series in general, right, would you lean towards being a vault hunter or a bandit? Knowing that bandits, you could just do whatever the hell you want, blow up stuff, right? And what kind of skills or abilities would you bring to the table? So I've thought about what if somebody asked me this kind of question based on my favorite video games ever, right? And I've mm-hmm. thought about this quite a lot. Over the years, I've thought, well, if I could be in the game, who would I be and what kind of character would I be? And, you know, because yeah. that's what I like about things like, especially um, the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, stupidly long name here, that one, like the character creation screen is a proper RPG character, like you can control your nose shape, your eye shape, your ear shape, literally everything about your character is con- mm. uh, configurable. I love that. And, you know, you can spend forever in, I, I am convinced that if Chief ever plays that game, he will just spend forever in the character creation screen. So, you know, we'll we'll leave that as it is. <laughs> but I have to also be really... Um, really truthful to myself like i would love to say that i'd be a vault hunter but i do not have the ability agility or even patience to run around doing inane quests right (laughs) i just can't do it i can't do the running i can't do the jumping i can't do any of that nonsense i also have never fired a gun before so i probably couldn't do that um you know, some big scary monster wants to eat me. I want to run the other way. I'm definitely the Rincewind of Borderlands uh, mythology, right there. Uh, for those who haven't read uh, Discworld, Rincewind literally runs away from uh, creatures and things like that. That's his. That's his thing. Well, the thing is, if you're in a party of people, in a raiding party, you don't have to be the quickest running. You just have to be quicker than the person you're with, don't you? Because monsters want to eat you. Absolutely. So. But that would require me to do exercise and to be able to build up my stamina for uh, running and cardiovascular nonsense. No, 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 no. Let's be honest. I would probably be one of the NPCs that gives out quests. Think about it, right? It's an easy life. You literally stand around. You've got four lines to say, so you don't even have to talk to people if you don't want to. Um, You don't have to do a great deal. Right, You give the Vault Hunters the quest, they go off and do the dangerous bits, and you give them some money or a weapon at the end of it. That sounds the, like the life to me. That's brilliant. Go do go go take care of that for me. Brilliant. Okay, here's some money. So in the Borderlands universe, you'd be an antisocial introvert? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, can't argue with that, really. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with some of that. Do as little as possible. <laughs> If you could add eating cheese and sleeping a lot to that, I think I'd be an NPC as well. Absolutely. Hey, if you're mm. an NPC, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Who who says? Well, you see, this is the thing, right? Who says what NPCs get up to when the main player isn't there? I know there Script. was that movie. Well, yeah, of course. But I know that there was <coughs> that movie with Ryan Reynolds a little while. Free guy. Like, yeah, free guy, right? Mm. But But like that proves that outside of when you are interacting with them, the NPCs go off and do other things, right? So Mm. you can do whatever you want. You've just got to be there for when the hero gets back. So as long as you're, as long as somebody alerts you, hey, you know, the vault holders or the heroes or whatever are coming back, go stand on your appointed place. You can go stand there. As long as you've been eating cheese before then, then that's fine. Yeah, a borderlands cheese. God knows what it'd be made out of. It's one of those things you don't ask what hot dogs are made out of. You just eat them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's true. And you, you, you hope that one day you never see Kirby eat a hot dog because you don't want to see what he turns into. Um, 
maybe that's it folks write in on our contact page or on twitter or whatever let us know what you think borderlands cheese is made of i'm just gonna go with cheese uh i think i'll sleep better at night if i uh (laughs) i just just think like that over the whole borderlands game span series universe whatever you want to call it from the games that you've played give me most memorable funny experiences with the uh, the universe so it's got to be as much as i really like tk baja as a character it's got to be talk anything with talk um <laughs> because he is wonderfully stupid he's an over-the-top muscle-bound dude bro but with a soft side he he has a but he also has like a genuine love to be included in things that are going on and even like a nerdy side to him um mm-hmm. in the in the one shot game there's a part where he wants to be involved because for our people who haven't played it um the main characters are playing a game of bunkers and badasses not dungeons and dragons bunkers and badasses um mm-hmm. and talk wants to be involved in the game but tiny tina who is the dungeon master or the bunker master i suppose um won't let him join in um and uh, and a bunch of other characters say no it's not fair you're not allowed to do our nerdy things because we had to suffer for our nerdiness when we were kids it's not fair and he says look just because i'm i'm you know a muscle-bound guy and look after my body doesn't mean that i can't be uh, a nerdy geek or whatever and so tiny tina sets him this challenge of answering three questions i've talked about it earlier on the questions three quest where you have to run around doing some stuff you have to collect the questions and then um tiny tina asks him these questions and he's able to answer two of the three of them and they are like star trek questions mm. or doctor who questions um but also the best bit the and and this had a really long payoff right in that one shot um Talk threatens to blow up the ocean, right? He he, he requests you blow up the ocean because he's yeah, a he, is a um thing in is a gatekeeper. He a, yeah, he gives quests out, right? So he requests that you blow up the ocean, and Tiny Tina stops him, and everybody stops him, right? And then in the in in the uh, Wonderlands, which is another game that is set during a Bunkers and Badasses uh, thing, you get Talk as a person who does a mission. You have to do a mission for. He literally blows up the ocean. <laughs> right he actually blows up the ocean and like that is one of the best it, it, it wasn't a long payoff it wasn't a long time between them, but it was one of the best payoffs in my opinion in that entire series so far where he literally explodes the ocean mm-hmm. so literally anything to do with talk brilliant <clears throat> yeah it's uh one hell of a callback when that happens first time i played it i mean i prefer playing borderlands on pc but i didn't have access to my PC at that time, so I played it on PS4, and I'm sat there, and he said, I'm going to blow up the ocean, and the missile silos open, and they start going up in the air, and I thought, nah, nah, it's just a ruse, and the next thing you know, there's a massive explosion, a wave hits you, you know, a fish sticks to your face, you know, and everyone's like, you really blew up the ocean? Really? Seriously? It's, oh. Yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely one of those, one of those moments you'll always remember playing wonderlands or any of the borderlands i think really just uh 100%. him managing to blow up the ocean 100 percent. that that must have been uh a fun time in the the storyboarding section when they were coming up with the story so how do we get him to blow up the ocean and one guy in the back goes <laughs> well um and it's just off on one you know and it's coming out with all these sorts of different things and one person goes ah missiles okay fair enough and writes it down on this That's massive good. whiteboard yeah, yeah. Yeah, it must have been that, uh, yeah, 
I'd have loved to have been there. DLC. Borderlands DLC always seems to be worth it. It's not just, here's a new coat and off you pop and give us your bank details, please. Borderlands DLC is always worth it. So if they came to you, uh, the people who made Borderlands or whichever iteration of Borderlands it was, and says, we want you to create a DLC, right? So environment, environment, enemies, quests, bad guys, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. How would you go about it and what, what thing would you introduce to the mythos of Borderlands? So here's the thing, right? I want to bring TK Baja back, right? Because <laughs> he was amazing. He's a stupid one-shot character. I feel like perhaps he, he'd be a bit stereotypical and maybe they killed him off quickly because like it's, you know, he's sort of this, he has the sort of redneck sound to himself and he uses that kind mm. of language. So maybe they killed him off quick because it was like, we'll do it as a one-shot character throwaway and then we don't have to worry about anything to do with like upsetting people and stuff. So I would bring him back, right? And uh, the story that I've concocted in my head is that he comes back as a cyborg or a clone or something, right? Um, <laughs> and and the idea that I have is that uh, TK and Claptrap have to bounce off of each other. So like maybe someone like Dr. Ned or something captured um, TK Baja's brainwave pattern as he was dying and loaded it into a computer, which is then used by Janie Springs, who is a mechanic on the moon, to to help her to build a robot right so and i can see it being split into two halves right first half is you have to do a bunch of missions to help Janie to build the robot go here get that piece go there get that piece go do this go see dr ned you know a standard sort of uh rpg fetch quests where you're going over here going over there getting these things bringing them together right that's the first first half and then there's like some big scene in the middle of it where she's like she's she's about to throw the switch and then you know claptrap runs it no don't you can't do that there should only be one sarcastic quick talking robot and it should be me and then like you have to decide do you help do you do you go and throw like Janie steps away and says look if you want this to happen vault hunter you got to go throw the switch and then claptrap's like no come over to me and we'll destroy the switch instead right and you get this moment where if you go destroy the switch the game instantly ends um but if you go <laughs> throw the switch then you know some things something happens i haven't figured that bit out yet um and then um and then like Claptrap then engages you because like maybe evil Dr. Ned's TK Baja cyborg goes on a killing spree or something. And then Claptrap's like, see, I told you, I told you mm. this should only ever be one. Um, and then you join Claptrap in a series of silly adventures to try and take down cyborg TK Baja. And you have to be the one to kill him <laughs> at the end of the game. Mm. Maybe that's it. And I tell you what, right. I tell you what, Randy, you can have that one for free. So, to be honest, well, if you listen to it, the only thing you take from that is a mission, a single mission in a Borderlands game where Claptrap defeats his ultimate nemesis, which is just some stairs. It'd just be a thing where you get him to a destination and he just blow up some stairs. Yep. I think. Fair enough. But yeah, that sounds good. That one. It's um you've kind of got elements from some things from Borderlands three in there, actually. I'm not gonna say too oh, much, right. but you've you've okay. you've got a few elements in there. Okay, so, you know, great minds think alike. Maybe I'm thinking on the same wavelengths of the story writers and quest writers for Borderlands 3. I won't find out yet till I've mm. finished um, the, the Wonderland game. I'm going to finish that one first, then I'm going to sit through uh, Borderlands mm. 3. So maybe we'll find out. 
We'll find out. Maybe we'll find out before this one comes out. I don't know. Let us know, folks. Get in touch. Okay, so quick last thing, last question before we wrap things up. Did you play all the Borderlands? So I haven't yet. Um, as I've said several times, currently working through Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and I'm having an absolute blast with that one. Truth be told, I've only completed the main stories in the first one, the second one, and Tiny Tina's One Shot, which is technically the second one as well. So those are the only ones I've actually finished. I did get part way through um, the uh, the pre sequel. Um, and that, that's where I think I've got some of the ideas for the Claptrap thing from, um, is the pre-sequel, because there's a part where you enter into Claptrap's mind and you have to go defeat, essentially, his confidence of paranoia. And that that's, boss I just could not fight. That's um, that's the DLC deck 33 and, and, and a third, I think it's called. You go into Claptrap's mind and you find out some of the some of the reasons why some areas in Borderlands 2 are, are like they are. Right. Like one area, there's there's a, a small village where everyone's inside the houses because they've got the skull shivers, and it turns out Borderland, um, not Borderland, it turns out that Claptrap, instead of bringing fireworks, he brings bundles of dynamite. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, it's that DLC that stopped me from playing because I got to that boss. There's a bit you've got to run around his mind and drop into a standard boss-like pit. So for people who haven't played Borderlands, when you get to a boss fight, you hit an auto-save point and then you have to, like, jump over a wall usually or just step over a, a, mm. a ledge and fall into a, into a boss fight area because then that way you can't run away and come back, right? So you're locked into that arena. Problem is, I got into that fight and I just, I couldn't do it. And that's my thing. Like I said earlier on, right? When it stops being fun, I'm literally out, right? Mm. I love a game with a challenge, but if I can't do it after 5, 10, 15 goes, I'm out. I just don't want to know, right? Because I just can't do it. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I gave up after that one. But my, my, my goal is to go back to it and maybe start a new character or something, put a little bit more time into it. But again, like so far, I've put almost 40 hours into the pre-sequel. So maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I'll just watch a YouTube video that just shows me all the story beats or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or an explanation of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So word of advice, if you don't want to get annoyed, and keep getting beat, stay away from the raid bosses. Just, nah. Fair enough. I did that once, managed to hit a sweet spot, killed a lot of them, and I haven't been able to do it since. So. Yeah, I did that for the, um for the, uh what's it called? The one shot. Um which I'm actually going to go and get the full title for because the full title is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it is. Let me, let me, I'm just going to burn some time whilst I do it. And I keep talking. Mm -hmm. So then you have to leave it all in squidge. Right. So the full title for the one shot is tiny Tina's assault on Dragon's keep colon, a wonderland's one shot adventure. So <clears> like, it's a massive stupid title, right? But, um, maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe cause like, um, in, uh, the one shot, when you finish it, there's one last mission to do, which is a raid boss that you mm. have to do with friends. You have to bring four, uh, three friends in and do it. Because like I tried it three times, and I'm like, I literally can't take down more than one percent of the damage of the health on this boss, and I'm like max leveled, and I'm like tuned to take out the boss, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, so even if you bring three friends, how Borderlands works is it gets harder with friends, right? Um, so you bring three friends in, it's it's not any easier at all. Right, I see. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Borderlands works similar to uh, Diablo in that respect. The more people you bring in, the harder it gets. Especially on bosses. It just gets more ludicrous. 
Which is, is fun at times, but, you know, 17 times trying to kill this thing and it gets you at the same point. Nah. That's what I mean, right? That's where I give up because it's no longer fun. That's the thing. It's got to be fun. If it's not fun, mm. I'm not doing it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to, I, I flip to older games, especially older, older Borderlands, um, when the new ones get annoying. There's the certain choke points in every Borderlands game that I force myself through. Once I've done that, I'm all right. You know, uh, certain points where I'm just like, Ugh. but yeah, every game has those points. Not everything's a banger. Um, so, okay, that brings us to the end of our little episode here. Um, Jay, my man. Yes. Give us some info where we can find you and all that gel. So I am one of, I don't know if you know, but there's this little podcast that you may not be aware of called Waffling Tellers. I'm one of the uh, co-hosts of that. If you head over to waffletailers.rocks, you can read all about us on there. Um, we've got this counter on there of all the games we've ever talked about. The latest episode at the time of recording, we've talked about um, 18, oh, no, 1, 000, yeah, 1,800 games, 1,800 individual games. And there's a page on the website, I won't read out the URL, I'll make sure that Squidge puts it in the show notes, um, where you can see every single game and how many times we've talked about it. Go check that page out. Order it by number of times referenced and tell me if your top game is in one in that top 15, right? I'd be very interested to find out. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I, I run, I help run the Waffling Tailors uh, Twitter account with Squidge, uh, but I'm also on Twitter at Podcaster J. So if you want to talk to me on there, then reach out. That's essentially it, my dude. Mm. And with that, that comes to the end of our episode. So, um, yeah. Uh, short format hope you guys liked it it's not the usual brain busting hour and a half to three hours that we usually do so uh let's see how this goes so stay safe stay awesome and we'll catch you on the next one see you later folks <laughs> <laughs>